coiners, pre-coiners, no coiners, new coiners, Swan Force members, welcome to Swan Lounge, a weekly show in which you get to hang out with the Swan team and some of our friends from the incredibly exciting world of Bitcoin. Now, before we dive in, as always, we are giving away Jan Pritzker's book, Inventing Bitcoin, for free in an effort to spread Bitcoin knowledge. You can go to swanbitcoin.com slash free book to claim your copy. We have it in three different ebook formats and MP3 read by our friend Guy Swan over at Bitcoin Audible. All we ask is that you pay it forward by sharing the book with at least three friends and family. But I'll tell you a secret, you can share it with as many people as you want. We also have the book available in Spanish. En español, y puede descargar su copia en www.swanbitcoin.com raya diagonal I always screw that up. Libro gratis. I'm working on my Spanish, folks. I had some practice down in El Salvador, but not quite there yet. Even more exciting, we are also giving away Gigi's incredible book, 21 Lessons. If you haven't read it yet, it is a must read for everyone going down the Bitcoin rabbit hole. Go to swanbitcoin.com slash 21 lessons to get your copy. And we have another book to give away. So many books, I know, but at Swan, education is our marketing, and Bitcoin education is not one size fits all. Hopefully, you've already read some of his work, but if not, go to swanbitcoin.com slash whybitcoin and get yourself a free copy of the essay series by Tomer Strolite. Now, as always, I have to ask, are you signed up for Swan Force yet? You're not? Come on. Swan Force is our amazing referral program led by Camilla Camden. And what Swan Force does, it allows you to get paid for what you're already doing. You can get paid in Bitcoin to recruit new Bitcoiners to Swan. Sign up at swanbitcoin.com slash enlist to get started. You'll earn 25% of Swan's fees on their purchases for an entire year. And your referral gets $10 of free Bitcoin when they open an account with Swan. It's a great deal. I'd also like to welcome anyone who is new to the show and new to Swan Bitcoin. Maybe you found us on YouTube and you're wondering, like, who are, who are these Swan people? What are they doing here on YouTube? Well, Swan Bitcoin is quite simply the best way to accumulate Bitcoin with automatic recurring buys, instant buys, and wires up to $10 million. We have some of the lowest fees in the industry for automatic dollar cost averaging, which basically means you set it and forget it. I do this every day. I literally buy Bitcoin every single day. I don't even think about it. Sometimes I wake up, I see, I see that the price dropped and I want to buy more. And then I remember, wait, I already did buy more because I'm buying automatically. It's amazing. You know, we've got some of the lowest fees in the industry, like I said, but uh, we've also got incredibly fast onboarding. You can go from zero to Bitcoin in as few as five minutes. And if you have any trouble whatsoever, we've got an amazing support team of real people. Yes, real people who are always happy to help. Unlike, you know, Coinbase, you're not going to wait two weeks, two months or whatever to even hear from someone. At Swan, we take care of our swans. You can also pay yourself in Bitcoin, which is kind of what I mentioned a little uh, just now about buying Bitcoin every day. I basically, what I do is I, I say, I'm going to convert X amount of my paycheck every month, every day, every week, whatever you want to Bitcoin. And it happens automatically. Now, why do you want to get paid in Bitcoin versus dollars? Hopefully that's obvious. Bitcoin is just better money, folks. It's sound money. It has a fixed supply of 21 million coins. And more than that, it has an incredibly credible monetary policy that isn't going to change. You can trust it. You know, time is our most precious, precious asset, folks. And Bitcoin respects your time. The dollar, fiat currencies, governments, they don't respect your time. So if you're not on board with Bitcoin, well, maybe we'll be after this show. Now, before I bring in our guests, one last thing, you know what I'm going to say. Do me a favor, hit that like button and hit subscribe. Doing so helps us get seen on YouTube and helps us grow the show so in, that we can reach more people and tell them about Bitcoin. So today's show, what are we doing today? We've got some, we've got some uh, heavy hitter guests today. I'm pretty excited. It's a special show. 
We've got John Vallis. We've got Mark Muss. We've got Jessica Vaughn. We've got Fode Diop. We've got Pablo from Swan. We've got uh, someone who is um, neither here nor there. We've got, he's a ghost. We've got the ghost of Svetsky with us today. Uh, we might be joined by a mysterious woman named Paloma and possibly even Bobo Dread and Chimbera from Bitcoin Beach. You know, a few of us, basically, we went down to El Zante in El Salvador last week, and we ended up running into even more Bitcoiners who were down there. And it is a, it's a special place, you know, and with everything going on in El Salvador, we felt like we just had to go and see it for ourselves. And so today we wanted to reminisce um, about the trip, and we wanted to to let you kind of live vicariously through us and maybe inspire you to go down to El Salvador. So if you have any questions uh, about the trip, about El Salvador, uh, about what I had for lunch, whatever, uh, drop them in the chat and we will do our best to get to them. All right, I have been rambling for way too long. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna unmute everybody, which I always forget to do, but not today. And then, and then I'm stalling for time. One second, let me bring John Vallis in. Okay, we're ready to go. And now it's time for Swan Lounge. Hey, everybody. John, your angle is hilarious right there. <laughs> there, there you go. There, much better. <laughs> What's up? Uh, how's, how's everyone doing on this John, time? John's naked. <laughs> Put a shirt on, oh, John. No, no shirt, of course. Told you. Told you. <laughs> no, no, no. Wait, there we go. Naked. Oh, there he is. There's all, the full John right there. <laughs> now, John has, uh, for those who know, he sold his shirts so that he could buy more Bitcoin. It's, uh, it's a valid exactly. way to exactly. <laughs> Yeah. He's still got the chairs to go, but at least he's got the shirt sold. <laughs> yes. I think that's kind of like a, a couch that doubles as a bed kind of thing. You know, it's multiple Oh, okay. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so we're all here. Uh, actually, Fode, you're you're uh, you're still there. You're still in El Salvador. Yeah, I'm sitting we'll, here. We'll get into that in a bit. But uh, why don't right. we go quick and do some real quick introductions for people who have, are new to the show, or you know, for guests who don't, um, for the audience members who don't know you, and then we will we'll get down to to business. Pablo, my man, this is this your first Swan Lounge? I think it is. It is. It is. About time. It is about time. <laughs> I had to go all the, all the way to El Salvador to get on Sound Lounge. <laughs> Pablo, introduce yourself. Who are you, my man? Uh, I'm a software developer. I've been doing all sorts of different projects and started working for, with Swan like six months ago or so, something like that. Um, Bitcoin, been in Bitcoin for four, five years, something like that. And all in. That kind of Bitcoiner. <laughs> Here for the revolution. <laughs> Love it. Pablo uh, decided to meet us. I told him I was going. He says, oh, I'm, I'm close by, so I'll meet you there. And it was great. I got to meet him again. Um, Mark, you all probably know Mark. Mark, who are you? One sentence. Yeah, well, I'm a regular country swan, I guess. So you've probably seen me here, but uh, I love to talk about Bitcoin every chance I get. And I'm trying to spread it all around the world, which is why I want to go down to El Salvador. Hell yeah. And Foda Diop, I, I got to meet him for the first time down in El Salvador. You might know him uh, from Dred's new show, One Love Bitcoin. That's how I first, he first got on my radar. He's an awesome guy, an amazing energy. Fode, tell us a little bit about you. yourself. Yeah, so my name is Fode. Um, I was born and raised in uh, Senegal in West Africa, but I mostly grew up in America, in California, mostly. Uh, I'm a software engineer uh, by training and uh, actually a filmmaker as well, uh, cinematographer. I trained in LA. Um, but um, I am um, uh, really uh, fascinated and, pas and, and passionate about Bitcoin. 
And I came to El Salvador to kind of see what they're doing on the ground at uh, Bitcoin Beach and hopefully learn some, a thing or two I can take back to Senegal and to start my own version of uh, Bitcoin Beach out there. So that's really Love actually it. why I'm here right now. Cody, did you go to film school in LA? Yeah. yeah. Oh, shit. We got to talk about this later. So did I. All right. We'll that for another show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, All right. 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 Svetsky, uh, you're here in the flesh, although you're a ghost. Uh, who are you for, the, for anyone who doesn't know you? Am I allowed to talk? Hold yeah. On. Can anyone hear me? Has anyone okay. ever um, stopped who am I? talk? Who <laughs> uh, No. I was, I was going to say yes, but no. There is nobody. Um, who am I? Uh, founder of the world's first Bitcoin DCA app, Amber. Um, I do a lot of writing, a lot of shit posting. Uh, I enjoy getting banned on Twitter and I enjoy getting arrested at airports. That's um, that's basically my <laughs> list of I prefer criteria. Long, long, uh, long walks on Bitcoin Beach, but you know, to, to each their own. Jessica, who are you? You're no stranger to, to the Swan shows, but real quick. Um. Well, I'm Jessica. I bought Bitcoin in March at, um, well, I suppose I'm the, that makes me the rookie of the group. So more than anything, I'm documenting my journey and uh, putting it out to my audience um, so that they might join the revolution that I believe in. So this feels like yeah. something productive I found amid a chaotic world. So that's why Bitcoin. Love it. We were getting deep right, right off the bat. John Vallis, give us your rapid fire who are you? I'm just another retarded Bitcoiner here for the revolution, man. That's it. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's, uh, let, let, let's move on to El Salvador, right? It was Some of us were going there together. Some of us um, were just going there already, and we kind of linked up and you know, met each other there. Um, I kind of want to start off by you – know, well, you know what? Sorry. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk things back. I'm, I'm going to start off by sharing a little flavor of El Salvador with everybody going to play a little video real quick and then I kind of want to get into um, what surprised us you know what met our expectations what surpassed our expectations maybe some key takeaways those kind of things so guests prepare yourselves while I play the video and then we'll get into that real quick in a second actually hold on I'm just going to full screen this A little flavor. This is Mama Rosa's pupuseria. I'm very it's envious. Cinematic of effect. Oh yeah, Fode. Tell me how I did afterwards with my cinematography. <laughs> All right, no problem. Hope no one's hungry today. No. All right, one second, one second. All right, I just wanted to give them a little bit of taste of what was there. Some people like the pupusas. I was a big fan. John got into a little trouble, by the way. He was using his fork and knife, and I put that on Twitter, and they oh, destroyed Just us. me, huh, Brecky? Well, you were the only one in the video, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
right, let's uh, let, let's get into that it. for my other paputa meals. FYI. Yeah. I think I'm gonna I'm I'm putting together like a um uh a highlight video, kind of like a little mini doc, and I I think I have to include that part uh like the before and after of learning how to how to use pupusas, how to eat pupusas. So, um, but let's get into it because so John and I went there. We were there before some of you all, and we kind of got there expecting it to be Bitcoin everywhere. And it kind of wasn't exactly like that. And then I think we spent a few more days and we saw it was a bit more Bitcoin than we initially thought. So I'd love to go around and kind of talk, you know, what what did you expect when, what, like what, what were you thinking it was going to be before you got there? And then how did that kind of, how did your view of El Zante change? And um, maybe we'll go from there. Pablo, what did, like, what did you think you were gonna be getting into when you showed up and, and how did that, you know, I had I had really no idea <laughs> what I was going to get into. Um, I I kind of expected the level of adoption that there was. Um, I didn't expect every single place to be lightning ready or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of expected small shops to to work with Bitcoin. I didn't expect like the hotels to to work with Bitcoin. My hotel uh, did uh, accept Bitcoin, so that was. Yeah, unexpected. I, I booked with booking, and I didn't pay when I booked. Uh, so yeah, being able to pay with with Bitcoin. Um, but yeah, only only in, in in terms of Bitcoin adoption uh, at shops, it's pretty much what I what I expected. John, what was that? Uh, tell us about that day because I know you, I think you were like I think it changed over the course of a few days, but like I think you were kind of bummed that first day a little bit. So like, how did and I think part of it maybe is that Elzante is kind of sleepy during the day and we didn't necessarily realize that. So like, what was that, what was that first day like for you and, and how did that sort of change as, as, as things went on? Yeah, well, I, I just, I guess I expected it to be like this little beach town that completely ran on Bitcoin. I, I don't really know why I expected that. My, that was probably more me piecing it together from the little snippets of news that I had come across since everything kicked off. But yeah, like as you said, and I, I later learned that the weekends there, if, if you guys were there for the weekends, like a ton of people from San Salvador come in on the weekend. There's a lot more buzz. But, you know, I get there, I go down to the main like beach at the end of the main road and like I saw like two people and I, I tried to pay for I think the, the first four times I tried to pay for stuff. Uh, the first day I was there, nobody would accept Bitcoin. So I was kind of like. Well, when I t when I met you, Breck, I think that's what I, I said. I was like, oh, man, like it, it's kind of not what I expected. But then when you get to spend time there and you familiarize yourself with the area, more shops and stuff like that, you see that, you know, their Bitcoin is more prevalent than my initial perception. But even more than that, like more important than just a town that runs on Bitcoin, however cool that would be if it was really like totally run on Bitcoin. But it's why Bitcoin is operating as it is in that town. And I got to spend a lot of time I'm with uh, Chimbera and Jorge and to hear the story behind why Bitcoin is a thing there, why people use it, how it's being used, uh, all that kind of stuff. And that, that was really the special part for me is kind of really getting an intimate understanding of the genesis story of why Bitcoin started being used there in the first place. And, you know, the reason is, is because these guys were trying to do so much good stuff for their community and someone donated to Bitcoin and they figured like, well, you know, this is the only funds we have to do the work we want to do so let's make the best of it and what it turned into is this amazing thing where they're ed educating helping you know providing goods and services and 
all this kind of stuff to people through Bitcoin. And that's what's so special about that town. Not the fact that like everybody uses Bitcoin all the time, but why they're using Bitcoin at all. Chimbera said something like on our last day there that I thought was really powerful. And he was basically saying, um, and for those who don't know, Chimbera is on Twitter. I'll, I'll, I think his link is in the description. If not, I'll drop it. But one of those, like the almost, I guess, founders kind of a Bitcoin bitch, him, Jorge, and then Mike Peterson, like have been really leading the charge. But he said to me and to a group of us there that, you know, Bitcoin is just the tool. You know, their work would continue if Bitcoin disappeared. And it's not just about Bitcoin. And Bitcoin just happens to be the best way for them to empower all the folks down there and their community and everything else. And I, um, I thought that was yeah, and and to that to that point, Brecky. I mean, they've been doing that. They've they've had that community outreach going for uh, I want to say like fifteen years. So uh, long before Bitcoin came around. Exactly, um, Jessica. I know you're kind of on, on a time crunch. What uh, what were your like main takeaways down there? Had, had had you ever been to you know Central America before? Let alone like El Salvador. You know, what did you think and you know, what did you expect and, and how did how did it compare? Uh, no, I had never been to Central America before. Um, I've been to India, which was um, a comparable experience. Um, anytime I leave the U.S., I'm always reminded about how grateful I am to be an American and all the things that are afforded to us by no other um, uh, merit of our own other than the birth of, you know, the lottery. So so that is something that um, that definitely got uh, reactivated in me. Um, that I wish would get activated in a lot more Americans, honestly. Um, it was fun to use Bitcoin, buy a coffee. It was cool to see it come full circle from just being a concept. Yeah, that's, I think that was one of my, my key takeaways was, you know, here in the U.S. and in other you know, more well-developed places like Bitcoin is... For a lot of people, it's just speculation, right? And you know, for for Bitcoiners, it's a lot more than that, obviously, and those who get it. But down there, it's 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 part of life. Like we were at uh, Mama Rosa's, and as we're leaving, you know, these kids, like eight to ten years old, use the Lightning Network to buy cornmeal to go home and make pupusas. And I thought to myself, you know, like this is game over. You know, this is happening here. It's just a matter of time elsewhere. So I, mm -hmm. I, I thought that was incredible. Um, Fode, man, what's uh, what's it like down in, in San Salvador? You've kind of got a more of a, I think, a broader perspective on, on the country as a whole, having seen more sure. of it and um, you know, talked to more people. Yeah, sure. Well, for me, I expected to see, like, maybe more Bitcoin in the city itself. I mean, I knew, of course, like, from the YouTube videos, watching, like, just any video I could find about El Salvador, Bitcoin, like, the Bitcoin Beach and whatnot, whatever, right? So... When I got to the city itself, I got here on a Sunday and I stayed I stayed in the city in San Salvador because I wanted to see more like what it looks like. I'm a city guy, you know, so I needed to be like right in, in, in the middle of the action. But I was really surprised I didn't see much Bitcoin, anything like actually in the city here. So I was, it was kind of disappointing, disappointing. especially if they were going to adopt it in about five weeks from now. I figured that there would be some pioneers who would maybe jump the ship and no, I'm sorry, the jump ship, but like really get started early and like uh, start maybe uh, uh, either transacting in Bitcoin or whatnot. Right. But. It was cool when I, once I got to El, El Zonte and seeing all the signs, um, all the things like all the signs of Bitcoin along the way and getting in there and uh, making my, my, my first transaction, it felt like magic. I felt like I was, I was really moving in the future because this, that is actually what I was expecting to see and that's what I experienced and it happened. And I'm like, okay, well, it's going on over here. Now let's see how this thing will, will scale like, on a, like at, a, at a nation level, at a nation level somehow, because 
I'm sure it's going to be like a lot of work. Um, this week, uh, me and the other guys actually have been here. We've been talking to like a lot of banks, a lot of businesses, and I realized that they are not ready. <laughs> they are for sure not ready for like this rollout. And I'm not sure exactly how it's going to happen. And uh, for me, actually, that's what I came to learn uh, because obviously I want to like really take what I learned and apply it in West Africa, in Senegal, where I'm from. So I wanted to come and see what happened actually before the rollout and after the rollout. And actually, what actually are maybe like like lessons lessons to be learned or just like um, just actually I mean like learning like really practically from being just hands on and, and boots on the ground. Uh, but yeah, but so far I'm I'm, I'm like really excited uh, just be just to be here, man. Just just be part of history. I would have never like thought in a million years I'd be a several doctor these days. So here I am. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. It's amazing, kind of the the complexity of of a rollout like this, and even yeah. in a country like El Salvador, where for example, like the president, it can be so polarizing. Like I don't, I'm not sure who was with me, but like we, we were, we went out the the last night to El Tunco, which is this town nearby, and we're getting. I was there with you. And it yeah, was, was late there. at night, and there was there was a girl there, and uh, she asked what we do, and we all oh we work in Bitcoin, and she like she scoffed and was like oh Bitcoin, and I turned to her and I said, do you is this rea negative reaction to Bitcoin only because you don't like the president? And she said yeah. Mm -hmm. And, I, and then I, I explained, I was like, look, sure. do you know, like, do you realize that, for example, the president can't control Bitcoin? He can't make mm -hmm. more Bitcoin. He mm -hmm. has no influence over the protocol itself. And mm -hmm. she had no idea. And then as soon as she understood that, she was like, oh, OK, send me that book you were trying to give me, you know, a little while ago. I'll, I'll read up on Bitcoin. So, like, there's there's a lot of work left to be done. But I think, you know, as with most people, Bitcoin, you know, you once you break through to them, they get it, you know, and it's just. Yeah. I had a yeah I had a similar actually I had a similar experience a couple of days ago at the coffee shop. Uh, I was wearing a shirt from the conference, like from the conference, uh, the Bitcoin conference uh, from Unchained Capital. And in the back it says it said that uh, it, it read like this this phrase. It said that uh, that, that friends don't let friends sell Bitcoin, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm sitting there, I'm selling my coffee, and this old guy behind me he said, "Excuse me, in Spanish," and he, and he says and he said, uh, uh, "Do you work in Bitcoin?" I said, uh, "Kind of," and she said, "So you are against Bitcoin?" I'm like, "No, I'm not." She said, what, that's what your shirt says. I'm like, no, that's not what he says. He said, he read it again. He's like, oh, you mean that actually I shouldn't sell Bitcoin? I was like, yes, that's actually really what the shirt means. Like, you need to huddle, right? And then this guy just went on, on a rant for like almost an hour. He didn't even let me finish my coffee about how, <laughs> <laughs> about like, uh, about uh, money laundering and, uh, and, 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 and drugs and, and, and just like who, who's behind Bitcoin. And actually he really wanted to know who's profiting from Bitcoin. That's really one of, one of his main arguments. It's like, it's like, it's impossible. It's a system where somebody in the back has to be profiting. And I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna take my time, just slowly but surely. Just tell him, you know, trying to orange peel him. And I told him, I say, hey, it's not, it's, it's, not, it's not controlled by anybody. It's not controlled by Bukele. It's not controlled by any, anybody in the world. Even people who write the software itself, right? It's a distributed system. And it's most certainly a permission, permissionless system. So anybody can pretty much just spin up a node or spin up a little computer and participate in this network and verify information for yourself. So obviously nobody controls it. And if you really think that somebody controls it, maybe you have like a wrong assumption about really how this whole thing works. And uh, I have some links I can forward to you if you want to learn more <laughs> about this thing. And then, they, then he went on, he went on, he just like, and, and then in the end he's like, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe actually we'll see how it works like on September. I said, yeah, but, but, but I promise you that Bukele is not behind it. Nobody owns it, nobody controls it. And uh, it's a you know, permissionless and distributed system. Yeah, but I had a similar experience. It's it's going to be an interesting transition, but you know, yeah, I yeah. think uh, to anyone who's watching and, and, and is thinking about going down to El Salvador, go and be yeah. our voice and be another voice down there uh, because you know one person at a time, you know we can change the, these sorts of opinions. 
Um, we've got a question. Actually, we've got a couple of questions. RDBTC, I don't think anyone's going to answer this question, buddy. How much Bitcoin did you spend in El Salvador? I won't judge you. Um, not that much, surprisingly, because, you know, pupusas are cheap. But you know, I think we did try to spend as much. That's, a, that's an IRS question, Brecky. Don't answer it. <laughs> <laughs> if the IRS is listening, the answer is none. Zero. <laughs> you know, <laughs> now, now we know who the spook is. Now we know exactly. I always thought RD was a spook, but you know what, Svetsky, you're a ghost, and ghosts are probably spooks. So. You never know. All right, let's let's move on from spooks. Um, let, let's talk about some of the fun stuff. Like, what was your favorite part parts of the trip? Um, and Fode, maybe you've had some more experiences since since we've left. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, you know, to me, I think like my one of the craziest moments was like was the one I mentioned about seeing kids come in and use lightning. I thought that was amazing. Yeah. And then yeah. also um, almost dying while surfing and not dying was was a great moment. Um, so I'd love to go around and kind of, uh, get, here's some more things. Moma, are, are you with us? Are you, have you joined us? Are you there? Another ghost, Moma. Another ghost. I mean, it makes sense that's, that the ghost of Svetsky is only, there. only date scuts. Yes. That's it. That's it. <laughs> uh, all right. M Mark, what was, uh, actually Mark, I want to go to you last because I want to talk about your, uh, your, your program that you were piloting down there as well. Pablo, what was your favorite part of the, of the trip? Oh, my favorite part, or parts. you know, besides the, the getting almost dying with the surfing, um, was for sure. Uh, when we went to, to, uh, Hope house to, to get the t-shirts and, and all that stuff, just seeing the amount of activity there, mm -hmm. man, it was so, so inspiring. It's, incredible like you go there it's hot as hell and you see all this activity i mean for me i i saw it was like this is human action <laughs> right here human action uh and it was it was so inspiring seeing all these kids just working their tails off uh just trying to just working for themselves you know they're not expecting a handout they're not expecting anything they're not expecting donations they're not expecting anything they're just there to do what they think is best and i saw that and i was like these kids these people here are so hungry and they are so willing to go and do things they're going to eat the world like when i see i compare that to i was living in spain for the past 80 years and i see the um the um reaction that people have and they're just waiting and waiting oh we're waiting for the government to do this and and these people are just doing and man i i left there feeling so inspired i was telling my wife yeah this kid <laughs> i was telling my wife about the, the vibe there and she said dude we gotta move there for at least for a few months and we gotta help with this we gotta give them more tools to educate them she, she's into copywriting She's really good at it. I'm a software developer. I can help with that as well. And you know, it's it's about empowering these people. Who want to make a, a a dent in the world, and that's so beautiful. That's what, for sure, the, my favorite part. I love that man. Let's uh, let's watch this clip real quick. I can't. I'm not gonna lie. I can't remember if it's a good clip or not, but I think it is. This is Ismail. He's a, this awesome kid from down there that Pablo was talking about, and he's building his own business. And I think we asked him about Bitcoin. Let me see. 
So Israel, uh, I wanted to ask you, man, like, what does what does Bitcoin signify to you? Like, what does it mean to you? Um, you know, what did you, maybe what did you what did you think about it when you first learned about it, and you know, what do you think about it now? You know, what what does it mean to you in your life in general? Bitcoin uh, for me means uh, a way to to save uh, money and different way to, to receive and to send money and also a, a freedom for me it's freedom uh, it's not a sense of freedom because nobody has a, a, the power of your money and like the dollar like because you grew up with the dollar right yeah. and like and bitcoin is something that is relatively new to you like so maybe what like a year or two ago you probably started using bitcoin and like what was the what was the change though? Ah, shoot, there's no sound. Sorry, folks, no sound on that. I can hear it. I heard sound. Yeah, I heard it. You heard yeah, it sound. was just low. It, it was yeah. slow. But, yeah. All right, hold on, hold on. Let me let me turn the mic around. Turn the mic around. Pump the volume. One more time. Give his mouth his due. Difficult because we didn't uh, we didn't understand about technology uh, about Bitcoin and when we started we changed uh, Bitcoin for dollars but after that we, we we have been understanding and now we understand a lot and we know that Bitcoin is the future. It's it's pretty amazing. We went to we went to Mama Rosa's last night and I was talking to um, uh, Edgar. Yeah. about it and I was asking him, you know, how many people use Bitcoin? How many people use dollars? He was saying it's like 50-50. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, mm -hmm. and like right as we as we're leaving, some like little kids, I think they were like maybe eight, ten years yeah. old, they yeah. come in and they they buy some masa and they and they they use Bitcoin. So it was it's amazing. Do you ever see do you ever see yourself going back? You know, is this temporary or it's like no, it's Bitcoin. It's just going up. <laughs> yeah. I love it man. And and so who who do you think Bitcoin is, is for? Like, like it's for everybody. It's you know, who should use Bitcoin and why? Uh, I think Bitcoin is has come to change the world, to change the the financial Bitcoin, uh, system, because you can send money where wherever or whenever you want, and the quantity you want, and also it's like an exchange that you can share with everybody, every everybody in the world. That's it. <laughs> Ismael, we were like, oh wait, turn the mic around. We, we, we said, hey man, like, do you want to, you know, you can do this in Spanish, we'll translate it later. He's like, no, 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 we'll do English. Like, kid's like a go-getter. I'm, I'm really excited. He's launching like a surf brand. And as soon as he puts his store online, I'm going to buy something. Um, all right, who, who next? Mark. No, Mark, I'm saving you for last. Alex, <laughs> what, was your, what was your favorite part of the trip, man? I think I mentioned it when we're all there. I think for me, it was actually uh, the bonding uh, almost drowning in the ocean. That was, uh, <laughs> for me, by far the highlight. Um, you know, I, 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 I guess I'm maybe the odd one out here or something, but I couldn't give a fuck about, you know, which countries are adopting what and anything like that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a extreme anti-statist uh I, I care about groups of people coming together and sharing experiences and the smaller the group the better you know i i dream of one day the world you know having a million cities as opposed to 250 countries so 
Yeah, I, I, I got the most value out of being in an environment with a good group of people and then sharing an experience, which was, you know, it, it pushed some of us. Like, I, I think almost everyone had a near drowning experience in the water that day. And that was fun. So, you know, maybe Mark is the spook because he decided to <laughs> take a surfing and try to take out eight big pointers at once. But you didn't get us, Mark. You didn't get it. Yeah, not this time. I mean, we did. I don't know why we decided to do this. We all brought our hardware wallets with us when we were surfing and lost them, which yeah. was a real tragic. shame. It was very tragic. Tragic. Absolute shame. Mm-hmm. Alex, you kind of like, I mean, so, you touched um, on something interesting, yeah. though. What was that? Go on. I was going to say, no, you touched on, on something inter- interesting in that, like, what the the government like we didn't really go there to see what was happening with the government like we went there to see bitcoin beach you know and like they were saying like their work would continue with or without the government you know bitcoin adoption is not it, it can happen on a countrywide basis right but you know it's more about the individual people i think you know highlighting that is super important but, yeah i mean like there's there's a lot of um i don't know one thing i've never been a fan of is the the incessant ass kissing that you know we sort of see in you know on Bitcoin Twitter sometimes, and like you know it started a couple of years back with that monkey Raul Powell, um, and then I mean it probably it's probably started earlier than that. Like, and I don't really care about big names buying Bitcoin. Like, it doesn't doesn't fucking matter to me. Um, I think for me at this point and in this at this phase of Bitcoin's transformation, what's more important is that people who think different and who don't want to conform to uh, state-dictated norms, that they be the ones who uh, acquire Bitcoin and then form communities around shared values. Because that that's like, I mean, the whole problem with society today is that it's a top-down uh, mandated thing. Um, as opposed to an emergent, uh, an emergent thing, which which is which is effectively how society came about from the beginning. Like groups and tribes. Uh, I saw some dude say, "Long live blockchain." Fuck off. Like fuck blockchain. Long live Bitcoin and long live communities. Um, long live people who have shared values that coalesce around something they believe in so that that for me was interesting and you know i think we kind of said it there's a bunch of bitcoiners from different parts of the world who literally don't really know each other we just know each other as fucking twitter avatars came together and had an incredible time like that's a big part about uh what draws me to bitcoin um not and and that's emergent that's not top down so anyway it's my two cents uh, yeah, I mean, you did show up and say, we're going to have a good time. It was very top-down. No, I'm kidding. Um, and to Hector in the chat, I think he, what you meant to say is long live the blockchain, in which case we know, you, of course, that you're referring to Bitcoin. So I, I respect that. Uh, John, what was uh, <laughs> what were the what were the highlights of the trip for you, man? Then we'll go to Fode and then Mark. Uh, for me, it was definitely the morning runs with uh, the Bitcoin, the Hope House guys, you know, uh, 
I love bonding with people over difficult experiences, which kind of sounds like what you guys had in the water that day. But, you know, you get to you get to see what people are about when confronted with a uh, challenge, you know, and running through the jungle hills at 6 a.m. in the morning, sweating your ass off and your legs and your asses are burning. And like, it's good. And, and I got to know those guys. And then we I finished off my time there with a, doing a podcast with uh, the two of them, Jorge and Chimbera. And uh, for me, just to get to know their story and get to know who they are as people was, was, was definitely the highlight. So that's, that's what I took away from it the most. Love it. Fode, how about you, man? You're still there. So, you know, what, what are you loving about El Salvador? What was, what was great about, you know, the brief time you got to spend with us? And what were some highlights? No, it was, it was great. It was just great being El Zonte, honestly, man. It's just almost like, uh, I, I mean, I'm telling you, I watched so many YouTube videos. I, I can't even begin to tell you how many. I, I watched anything that has El Zonte on it and Bitcoin and stuff like that. So for me, it was just like felt magical just to be in the spot, be there, be present, and then like really just like just absorbing everything, man, just taking it, taking it in. Uh, because like I said, man, I just wanted to know, I just wanted to see how it actually works because, you know, like on, it's different when you, when you see it on video and when you see it in real time and people like transacting and, and the shops like with their, with their Bitcoin QR codes and the Bitcoin pitch wallet addresses and all those things. It's just, it's just like really, really tremendous for me to see because I'm like, again, I'm always imagining what it would look like in Senegal, like at home, right? So for me, just being there, just actually like, you know, sometimes they say like seeing is believing. I think that was very important for me to see it like for myself and then, you know, make my own like assumptions and decisions or whatnot, whatever, right? Uh, and then and then since then, like just being in the city itself, like believe it or not, actually, it might, might sound boring, but my favorite part has been talking to bankers because I'm like part of a coalition here, the Bitcoin coalition, who is like, uh, who's Moritz leading it. And then some guys from like uh, Ibex uh, Exchange, the one from Guatemala, mm -hmm. um, with uh, Nicholas, you know, from uh, Galois and a couple of other people. So we've been going to like uh, talking to banks and talking to businesses. And just like listening to their like to, to their worries and, and and realizing that they really do not know what Bitcoin is, you know. I mean, some of them have, some of them actually are. Some of them, like I think, went to one called uh, Banco Atlantida, Atlantida, I think. And those guys actually already been buying Bitcoin for a long time, so they kind of know what it is. But of course, they are like worried about like uh, a KYC, AML, and how they're going to integrate the Bitcoin to like to the banking system. How they're going to do custody and how they're going to be ready in five weeks, which is actually a tremendous kind of a task to take on if you think about it, like really, you know. Like they have questions about the wallet. Is it going to be like on-chain wallet? Is it going to be a lightning wallet? And nobody really knows, you know. And, it, and actually, it's, it's, it's a bit scary, right? So this thing is supposed to be legal tender in about five weeks, right? And they have like a multitude of un, un, unanswered questions, right? So for me, just being there, and I like actually, again, it's, it's good for me because then I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that when I go home and I want to like roll out my own, my own platform, I'll, I'll probably get the same questions from the bank as well, from, from the banks there as well, right? And then, of course, like the biggest, one of the biggest actually questions also was like, how how, they, how are they going to make money with this thing, right? That's this, this what they want to know. Obviously, it's not just, it's just about like all this Kumbaya Bitcoin thing, but they are banks and they want to make money and they want to know exactly how they're going to make money. So just being there, listen to them talk, uh, like really they, they, their fears, their worries, their aspirations and what they want to do and how they see this thing actually happening in the future was very inspiring for me and very informative. So I think that was one of my favorite parts actually like recently. This, this past week. And Tony, we gotta we gotta check in with you again, you know, in, in a few months when you spend yeah. more time down there. It's, Absolutely. One of the one of the interesting things is everywhere I, I tried to spend Bitcoin, I would always ask, you know, like, do you prefer Bitcoin or dollars? And most of the mm -hmm. people, and this was in El Zante, granted, but like they would always say, um, whichever, like I'll take both. And I thought that yeah, was, sure. you know, it, it takes that yeah. time to sort of understand it. But once they wrap their heads around it, they mm. get it. Whether yeah, they get it, yeah. A whole country can get it in five weeks. We'll see. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, Mark, 
so I, I wanted to, to hear from you as well, but I also wanted to talk a little bit about what you were doing down there at Hope House with, with Stackwork. Um, I'd love to kind of hear, give, if you can give people like an overview of the project and then kind of tell us, tell everyone about what, what we were doing down there. What, yeah. Yeah. Well, first I'd like to just uh, give my opinion on what I thought was the highlight of the trip. Um, oh, I'm last. So everything that's been said was good. You know, for me, I think, um, I've been to El Salvador before I've been all through Central America. Um, I travel a bunch cause I like to go surf all those waves. Uh, I probably spend a couple of months a year in, in either Mexico or, or Central America. Um, I think it's so important to get perspective in life. And so the big problem we have in the Western developed world, you know, the U S Canada, um, Europe is that you just don't understand the problems that the majority of the world goes through. And, um, even someone like me, who's been down there extensively, uh, understands what Bitcoin is, understands the impact that it can make, um, being there on the ground and like seeing it actually happen. Um, and then even learning more about like the problems that they have down there. So like, for example, like the little stores, bodegas, the pupusa stands, like most of them can't even get a merchant account because they don't have enough volume. And then like most people can't even get a bank account because they can't afford the monthly payment on the bank account. And like just that right there. So like, how can a store, a pupusa stand, a bodega, how can they kind of uh, live in this digital world or this new world if they can't get a merchant account? How can the average people people send and receive money, they can't. And so like Bitcoin fixes that. And the only way you're ever going to get that perspective is to go there. Um, and so, you know, I think uh, for me, I've, I feel it's been super important for me in my life to get out and quite extensively and get that perspective. Uh, and there's still always so much to be gained. And so uh, that was, uh, that was probably the big for me. I mean, obviously there was lots of fun things that we did. Uh, all the things that were mentioned were super highlights. Um, I do feel bad about the surfing experience. I'm pretty disappointed in that, actually. Um, I should have known better than to uh, <laughs> go along and take you guys out to that spot. It was a disaster. Uh, so I apologize for that. But but super fun stuff. But yeah, just that perspective that was gained, um, even, even as much as I know about living down there, traveling down there, uh, is still so much to be gained. So um, Mark, I'll just throw that you, out there. Did you hear when, um, so when we were down there, Mark, I brought a guy, um, really nice guy along to do camera work and audio work and to kind of, you know, help film. And we're leaving, um, I think we're leaving Mama Rosa's or somewhere else. I don't know if you heard him ask this question, um, but no, where was it? It was, yeah, it was there. He, he was surprised that he couldn't use his credit card somewhere at like mm -hmm. a, like a real small mom and pop thing. And I look at him like, what are you, what's wrong with you? How could you even think that they could use credit card? And then I remembered, okay, yeah. he's newer to Bitcoin. Like he actually doesn't know. And this is a good teaching moment. Um, and that was when I basically explained to him, I was like, look, like it costs like $15,000 just to get a bank account, just to have set up a business. And you can't even touch that money. Like if you're earning, you know, a few dollars a day in pupusas, like that's just not possible. Um, and then he had this sort of like, whoa moment where he, where he started to get it and then started to understand why Bitcoin was such a, a powerful thing here in, uh, down in El Salvador. Everybody, welcome to Paloma, uh, who has been coming in and out of the show. Teasing um, us. I mean, hold on. Let me let me let me put you two next to each other. There you go. Much better. Sorry, I was having problems, and now I'm okay. So, hi. Hey, Paloma. Hola, Paloma. ¿Cómo están? Hola, 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 hola. Hola. Although we were we were kind of just going around the horn telling everyone about our uh, our time in El Salvador. I wonder if you have any uh, any thoughts you wanted to share. 
Well, um, I love it there. Um, it was a, a nice experience. Um, I learned a lot because for me, I'm that I'm just like a newbie. Um, I learned the fact that I can spend my satoshis. So I was like, at first, oh, so excited to pay in Bitcoin. And then I was like, no, I don't want to lose them. <laughs> so, it, was, um, it was interesting. I love the Bitcoin beach. And yes, that was my experience. It was definitely a fun time. I remember when you, you did your first lightning transaction, you were like jumping around. Like, I did it. Yes. Yeah, I was so happy because since I started uh, in this business, well, not in this business, in this war, um, I was like, when I can pay, like when when I actually can can use my satoshis, and here in Costa Rica, I cannot. So it was nice to to do that that transaction. For sure, um, Mark. I also wanted to go back and talk about stack work. If you could tell everybody, yeah, yeah, for sure. So going back to just kind of getting that perspective of how you know, the rest of the world lives, um, you know, most people probably, I mean, if, in the Bitcoin space, maybe people know, but probably most people in the world don't realize um, that about half the world lives on less than $5 a day. Um, about more, probably more than half of the adults in the world don't even have permission to join the financial system. Um, half the world doesn't have internet, 30% of the world doesn't have clean water. Um, and so really like while the developed world, the Western world has really uh, been the highlight, the rest of the world has been completely ignored. And so it's, there's, there's a massive opportunity there. And so uh, basically what, what we're doing is, um, is trying to go reach to that part of the world and technology has now made it possible to redistribute everything in a sense where, you know, uh, an island in the South Pacific that might have no natural resources now has a volcano and they could mine Bitcoin, right? So uh, the world is just changing really quick. Um, and so uh, the purpose of the trip for me and, and, and then getting some of you guys to come down with me was to go and, and try to solve that specific problem. And so obviously Bitcoin Beach was started to kind of create this, this circular Bitcoin economy where people could um, receive it, merchants could receive it and people could spend it. And that's cool. And, and it's obviously it's done, done amazing. Um, it's got the country to, to want to adopt it. But the problem is that still people don't have jobs down there. And, and a lot of people don't have phones. People don't have jobs. They have no way to make money. And so I know there's a lot of, uh, you know, Bitcoin companies going down or the gift card companies, et cetera, but the people don't even have money to buy the Bitcoin, right? And so uh, I went down there to try to fix that, that problem specifically. And so we gave them, I gave out some phone, you guys were all there, uh, met some people there at, at the Bitcoin Beach facility, handed out uh, some phones to these people. And uh, basically they got the phone, brand new phone, hooked it to Wi-Fi, had an app. I gave them a a code that they plugged in, they did a task and they got paid in Satoshi's like instantly right there. Uh, the look on the, one of the, one of the guys face was just priceless to see that happen in real time. And, uh, for me, I've been working on this for months. Um, you know, I had an idea of how it was going to go. I knew what to expect, but again, just seeing it happen in real time was, was an epiphany. But, um, my first thought was just that the governments can't stop this. And, uh, and then it even became more obvious or, or ridiculous as to why they're even in the middle of this in the first place. It's almost the same feeling I have every time I drive to the bank and send a wire transfer. And I just think, wow, how obsolete is this model? Um, but yeah, that's the, that's the plan is to deliver jobs. And, and like I said, half the world lives on less than $5 a day. Our goal is to pay about $5 an hour. Um, so to bring everybody 
up what I'm calling above the line, above that $5 a day line, um, paid in Bitcoin. So we're switching them right to a Bitcoin standard. Um, you know, with the Bitcoin Beach model, obviously it's, like I said, it's been super, super successful, but there's this huge education gap as to like telling the people what Bitcoin is and why they should care and why they should use Bitcoin instead of dollars. But if I could just give somebody a job who, who has no job, uh, give them a way to earn money, and then it's just paid in Bitcoin, there's like, there's no education gap. It's a much faster way to kind of bridge that gap. So um, that's, that was the purpose of going down there. Um, and uh, it worked out really good. We're fine tuning it this week. Um, and then we're hoping to really start some big time. You're, you're muted, Brick. <laughs> anyway, I was saying that I remember trying out Stackwork when it was in early beta. And Should I keep going? It, it was. <laughs> uh, so it's really cool to see it out in the wild and helping people. And, and I'm excited to see, see where it goes from here. Yeah, um, I think it's going to be massive. To day, he's taking a meeting. Yep. Oh, is there a delay? What's going on here? We're good. Hello? I think we're good. Uh, there's there's been delays though. Oh, there's Paolo. Oh, man, the spooks, they're after us again. They're always after us. All righty, folks. Um, let's, uh, let's, let's say some final words. We're all busy people. We got busy days. I've got a video to cut about El Salvador that I really want to share with everybody. Um, so last impressions, when are we going back? What do you think is going to happen next? Uh, how happy is Mama Rosa about this giant green candle that we're seeing right now in the Bitcoin charts? Uh, John, let's start with you. Can you reframe the question? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, just last, I, I just love throwing 10 questions at people at once. Just, you know, some final thoughts. When are you going back to El Salvador? Um, key takeaways, where people can find the show you did with uh, Chimbera. Yeah, final thoughts. I mean, well, people can find the show on, on my YouTube or podcast channels. Uh, Bitcoin Rapid Fire is the name of the show. And I, I actually, I don't recommend many shows, but I do recommend that one because it, it was so from the heart from those two guys. And I guess that's the key takeaway. Like Bitcoin is going to find the people who need it most. And it seems to, you know, it seems to be a, a genuine force for good in the world. It draws out the best in people and and permits them to be a force for good that perhaps they've always wanted to be, but have never had the means or the security to do so. And it gives them the security and the confidence and to do that. And I think uh, Chimbera and Jorge are a great example of that. I know there's many, many other examples all around the world. I know that's why we all refer to ourselves as revolutionaries because you know, Bitcoin is from the heart. It's a force for good. And, and we're all trying to amplify that. And just, just to see it, really in the flesh in people and in a circumstance where it's needed most effectively uh was a powerful thing for me so that's that's the thing that i my biggest takeaway and i'm sure i'll be back because central america is probably going to be a place i'll be spending some time over the next few years and and i'm sure i'll be back and forth to el salvador to see the boys and see the progress that's going on there i love it all right mark um, yeah, I, uh, I, I hope to go back quite often. I mean, as I said, we have kind of big plans with what we're trying to do down there. And so hopefully I'll get down there at least another one or two times this year. Um, so yeah, hopefully a lot, of course, uh, like I said, I like to go down there to surf anyway. So it's a, now it's a good business reason to go down there. Um, so hopefully get down there more. Um, I, my final thoughts on it were just, um, 
you know, kind of as uh, John just said, I mean, uh, the two guys that are kind of running that are just, they're so awesome and, and their hearts are just so pure with what they're doing. Um, they gave me this, uh, this the, the, the newspaper that announced it being legal tender. They signed it for me. And uh, I just kind of felt like this is kind of like, um, I mean, this is like, this is like the Declaration of Independence or something being signed right here. I mean, it's kind of like that big. And I know like, like Alex said, I mean, status thing. I mean, it's not top down approach, but it's an organic thing and it is a bottom up approach, but it was kind of like the, I mean, it is kind of under this like, official declaration. And, uh, and, uh, I almost feel like it was like that, that powerful. I think that, um, what El Salvador is doing is super important for the rest of the world. Um, and I know, I mean, I, I would agree with what Alex said. I mean, we don't need the official buy-in. It's a, it's a movement of the people, uh, but we want to see success, right? It started with the people. It moved up to the community. The government took notice and changed. And I think it's, uh, I think the success of El Salvador is super important for for the rest of the world. And so, uh, anyway, I guess that's that's kind of my key takeaway: just just how big, how powerful this moment is. And I think when we look, uh, you know, in the future, we look back in history. I think this is going to be a big pivotal moment. You know, real quick before we move on to Pablo, Alex, I I kind of feel like. What Mark was saying kind of made me think about history a little bit in that the president bringing this law in, into into being, I mean, we'll see how it actually plays out. It almost kind of gives me like, I don't know, like Magna Carta vibes. It's almost like the government is is limiting itself. I know obviously Magna Carta was like forced on the king, blah, blah, blah. But like, like, like they could be signing away some of their power. You know what I mean? And whether they realize it or not, like... I think that's a good, if, if that's actually what they've done, it's a, it's a great thing for the world. Like what, how do you feel about that? You know what I'm saying? I think it depends on timescale. So if, you know, so, so probably medium term, it's an attempt, like let's just conspiracy theories and everything aside, right? So if you put yourself into the shoes of a ruler of a small country, there is a huge advantage in uh, moving your treasury into Bitcoin and doing it in a fashion that says, all right, we're legalizing it as tender and, you know, making a relatively educated bet on the idea that most people in the jurisdiction won't hold the Bitcoin. They'll want to swap the dollars for Bitcoin and then, you know, setting it up such that as the government, you know, we're doing the right thing by allowing people to pick uh, dollars or Bitcoin um, and then actually building a Bitcoin fund inadvertently um, to strengthen, you know, to strengthen your local power base. So, you know, if I wanted to go in and, you know, run and, you know, ha have the monetary power inside a small country, that's that's what I would do. Um, so I think, you know, state is going to state kind of thing, like on a, on a, short to medium time span, I think that's a, this is a very intelligent strategic move to consolidate power, potentially. Um, on a long-term scale, though, I don't know what it means, uh, like, because I think Bitcoin, that the specter of economic reality that Bitcoin brings makes it extraordinarily difficult for governments um, to behave in the way they do today, which is the sort of overlord subject relationship that they have to function more like a customer service provider um, because you can't just, you can't borrow from the future. You can't inflate, you know, it, taxation becomes a lot harder. So, so I think, you know, I, I don't know whether the, you know, ideal size for the future city states 
is going to be the size of El Salvador or whether it's going to be the size of San Salvador or whether it's going to be the size of Zonde. I don't know. Like, I think all of this stuff changes. So I, I have no idea what it looks like in the long term. I think in the short to medium term, again, just a heuristic and a rule of thumb for how human beings operate is, you know, we want the best for ourselves first. Um, so if I was a small scale state, I would be thinking about how to get a monetary edge and there is no better fucking monetary edge at the moment than uh, you acquiring Bitcoin as as the state, seriously. So yeah, I, 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 I don't know if it's a Magna Carta moment, um, but it could be an accidental Magna Carta moment basically. Right. All right. I kind of wish we'd gotten into that for the entire conversation. We'll save it for another one. All right, uh, Pablo, some final takeaways. Yeah, so back to what Alex was saying, I, I asked some people in El Sonte and the people working on, on the Bitcoin Beach project uh, how they felt about the about the law. And it, I didn't get the feeling that they were over the moon uh, about it. They were rather skeptics. Um, and they told, they told me that before the law, uh, the Bitcoin adoption felt much um, simpler um within the within the realm of the of el sonte and and then after the law there was this new component that was the political component if you are with Buke with the president bukele or if you're against uh the president so it's this new part of the equation of do you want to learn about and we shared some experiences talking with people that had a um a poor impression of bitcoin just because they were against the president um Regardless of that, I think in the long term, it doesn't really matter what this this law. Uh, it might, you know, change some things in the short term. But I think in in the long term, Bitcoin is essentially a grassroots movement. It's bottom up, and it cannot be uh, non bottom up. Um, so yeah, I think in the long term, it doesn't it doesn't make a difference. And with regards to your original question, <laughs> um, yeah. So I said thinking about hi. I will. Uh, when I will be thinking about going back to, to El Sante, like I said, um, here we're living north of Costa Rica. October is the rainy month and it rains a lot. Uh, so our idea was to go somewhere. We didn't know where yet. We were thinking about going to Europe for a month, but it doesn't look like that's going to be a wise decision. So I think we're thinking about just going to, yeah, <laughs> exactly, no way. Uh, we're think thinking about going to to uh, to El Sonde, especially if someone else is there, I think, you know, other like Mark or some, some other Bitcoiners. I was telling my wife, um, she's being like kind of depressed with the whole COVID situation and all the everything that's going on lately. And I was telling her, just hanging out with Bitcoiners is the best thing you can do yeah. for your health. Like lift, eat healthy, yeah. hang out with Bitcoiners. <laughs> yeah, it's helping me. Which is illegal in most places of the world. <laughs> <laughs> now it is. You know it's not illegal on Swan Lounge. It's what we do on Swan Lounge. Will, did Fode give hey, you the I forgot to invite you to the show. I didn't have your, your contact yet. I forgot your Twitter. How'd, how'd you get on here? Welcome. Will got in, man. You can't keep him out. Bitcoiners find a way. I love it. <laughs> no, you sent that. You sent the invitation, and then it was like the link and everything in the in the chat. Ah, in the group, so, the group. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. In our group, yeah. In so the beach bar. Public somewhere. 
You never, yeah, you never so, that. Well, welcome. So man. you guys are all, 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 all ready at home and everything. So cool, cool, cool. We are. You're, where, where are you right now? In San Salvador? No, I'm in Guatemala. Ah, you're back in Guatemala. Got it, got it. Yes, yes, yes. I'm in Guatemala and it was a great time meeting you guys all and everything. And I know that many things will happen from that, from that meeting and from that uh, exchange of ideas. So I know, I mean, we're here to actually change the world and rescue people from financial slavery. <laughs> Hell yeah. So Will, Will works over at Paxful. He was down there with us. We had a great time. Uh, we're we're kind of at the end of the show. So if you want to give us like, what, what were your main takeaways, man, being down in El Zante? I know you've been there for a while, but you know, what, what's inspired you down there and you know, what, what's it like? Well, the first, first of all, what I like is the, you know, the lightning, how everybody's like uh, accepting it really quick. And it's like a getting adoption. The other thing is the integration of the new companies coming into El Salvador to integrate into lightning and, and combine each other and join courses so that people can go ahead and, 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 and do mass adoption. The issue is that El Sonte is not El, Salva El Salvador. El Sonte is only El Sonte, and we need to take the idea of El Sonte all over El Salvador and all over the region. And, and that's why we're here for, you know, uh, to take that idea and spread it all over the world. Exactly, man. Well, thank you for, for, for joining us. We're gonna, we'll get you on here another yeah. time. Don't no worry, don't no worry. Okay, sorry for being late, but yeah. I wasn't meeting, so but glad to glad to catch with all of you guys. We're glad you made it. Uh, Paloma, uh, will you speak for yourself and Alex and give us the, the heartwarming uh, last few words about El Zante? Alex, I'm not going to make you do it. Hey, my words were heartwarming. <laughs> Don't you? <laughs> no, no, you give us real, which we need also. We need that too. <laughs> what do you want me to uh, say again? Just like some your final thoughts on, on the trip. Okay. <laughs> Um, I love uh, Bitcoin Beach. Um, I think um, the one of my favorites um, thoughts after it was um, like seeing that actually it's like the Bitcoin is like uh, growing and it's like generating jobs for your kids. Like the 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 thing that Mark did was very amazing for me because. Yeah those those like those teenagers uh are having like new opportunities in life because of that and um final thoughts is like i will come back soon i guess um i love it there i the best part for me was meeting you all uh, i mean like you are very cool people and um i feel like um i don't know, like i feel blessed to meet you guys <sighs> Mutual. All right, everybody. Same here. So we will we'll see each other again soon in El Zante. Hopefully, some of the folks who are watching will uh, will get there, get everything together, and meet us there. If you're thinking about going to El Zante, just just go. It's super safe. It's it's beautiful. It's affordable. Like it's 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 amazing to see Bitcoin live live out in the wild like that. Um, Sign up for Swan Bitcoin. You know the drill. I don't want to do too much shilling at the end. Go to Swan Bitcoin. Go subscribe to Mark. Uh, if you're in Australia, use Amber. Um, 
you know, I can't, I can't like directly show you. <laughs> we love all our DCA, all our DCA app. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and I think that's all we got. Have a great weekend, folks. Uh, Take care. Go listen to John's show about El Salvador. Really go, go listen to how Bitcoin Beach became Bitcoin Beach. That's, what I'm, that's my weekend listen. I'm really excited, even though I was just there. So thank you all for joining us, and we will see you next time. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks for putting together. Adios. Bye, guys. Bye. Adios. Adios. On behalf of the Swan team, thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Swan Lounge, the Swan Signal podcast. It's fun to join us live on the YouTube broadcast at youtube.com slash swansignal. Head over there, subscribe, and turn on notifications. We have a lot of fun in the live chat, and we often work in some questions from listeners. Swan Signal is a production of Swan Bitcoin at swanbitcoin.com, the best way to accumulate Bitcoin. Follow us on Twitter at swanbitcoin, and subscribe to the podcast at swansignalpodcast.com.